Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. So how are we feeling out there, loyal listeners? Are you feeling okay out there? If you're new to the Screen the Screener College Hoops Podcast audience, we're happy to have you in the fold. How are you feeling out there, new listeners? Listen, right now, everybody, do me a favor. Evaluate yourselves out there. You good? I hope you all thought about how you're truly feeling at this moment. Because the feelings that you're feeling, that you're evaluating, are going to guide this podcast. Uh, Raise your hand if you answer jealous. No, no, get your hands back on the wheel if you're driving. Eyes on the road. Come on, people. Let's go. Jealous is where we're going to start. I'm feeling very jealous, Mike Randall. I'm feeling forlorn, and I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling very jealous that at Fantasy Warrior Mike got to rub elbows with gurus like Sam Vecini and Jeremy Wu right here on the Screen the Screener podcast. So jealous. Mike Randall, who loves Jonathan Isaac now, huh? I am my own man. I will stay my own man. I understand that Sam Vecini and Jeremy Wu have forgotten more basketball than I'll ever remember. I don't even know what forlorn means, Gus. I'm just happy to be back with you again. But I have to tell you, I am sticking to the, the Titanic Jonathan Isaac. I don't like him ship. I don't care what people say. If I hear more stuff about his footwork, for goodness sakes. I mean, life's like telling me a guy's got great calves in the NFL. I, I, I'm sticking to it. I am going down. Cue the Titanic music right now. There you are. There's Gus. There's Gus waving at me. There's Sam Bassini. They're having a beverage from Phil Olson. Okay. There's there's Jeremy Wu. They're all laughing at me, yucking it up, huh? Gus with his with his bracket win, and here I am going down with the we don't think Jonathan Isaac should have come out ship, and I'm not leaving it. Good to have, good to see you, Gus. Glad to be back with you. Oh, so glad we're back together. This is fantastic. So I, again, I was very jealous that you got to talk to those guys. Uh, obviously, they gave us a whole bunch of knowledge, uh, an amazing amount of background, and. Just some of their opinions on where they thought each one of these players is going to go in the draft and you know what they thought their stock was and so on and so on. Um, so what do you think? Do you think you just want to go ahead and give us some of our opinions on some of these guys on whether it was a good idea, bad idea? Uh, they're going to go high. They're going to go low. Do you want to just jump in on the train that you know both uh, Jeremy Wu and Sam Vecini kind of spit out at the listeners the past couple of podcasts? Yeah, let's do that, man. Here's the deal. Either you are, and this is true of NBA draft or true of NFL draft, either you're a tape guy, like I've watched them, and so I think they're good because I've seen them be good, or you're a metric guy, wingspan, footwork, arms, adjusted offensive efficiency by Kempom. My deal is I'm in the middle. Okay, I believe I like math. I enjoy math. I I am a a metric based guy. But can, there's can a- we can we can we lift the can we lift the, the the screen for everybody? Can we lift the the curtain for everybody? Like just this is a, the honest background knowledge on on Mike Randall and I. Mike is the heavy mathematician background guy. I was a double However, math major in college. Right, right exactly. I got more correlational R squared coming out the yin yang here. <laughs> I mean, come on. So the fact that you are just a little shy and kind of mock some of the metrics that we spit out 
is is totally completely ironic. I, I love the me- I love the metrics. When when Gus talks about Ken Palm, I get all warm and fuzzy inside. I just think at some point you have to step out of it. I don't care if I know I have a uh, seven hearts in the deck to make a flush. There's this gut on whether you think it's coming or not. There's a million freaking guys, Gus, that have had great metrics in the NBA draft that are no longer in the NBA. Okay? So we can have the blanket statement, and it's not safe. I don't like the safe play. The blanket statement of, well, you know, if they declare and they end up going to the D-League, you know, it's still a pretty good uh, life for them. Really? Really, so can we, can we give this voice that you're using some sort of personality or some sort of name? I, I, I like this like sure. overriding, like I know it all voice that you're using. It's hilarious. Yes, if you have a, a name for there this voice, is. please tweet the Screen the Screener podcast at SDS Podcast or email us SDS Podcast at gmail.com. At 18 years old, Gus, you know what I was doing? At 18 years old, I was walking in my college dorm to shower to brush my teeth, to class. And if I saw someone I knew, I would yell Weber and I would simulate a dunk on top of their head. Oh, and also, Gus, what I was doing at the age of 18, we were shoving towels in the bottom of our dorm rooms, filling the hallway with water from a garbage can and sliding down the hallway. You're telling me that that's the type of mindset that would do well in Sioux City in the D-League? Can we remember that these are human be- Let's not be 40 years old and say, well, you know, they're making $75,000 a year. That's a pretty darn good salary. Yeah, it is. How are the dentures? Let's talk about the mortgage. And how's your 403B? The kids who are 18 <laughs> years old are not thinking that way. And that's why they need to be prepared. However, Sam Bassini did blow me up on LJ Peak, didn't he? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, that was kind of hilarious. Well, I mean, he would have blown us both up because I think we're both on the same page there, but he did go ahead and give some information that was like vital to LJ Peaks like situation. And maybe other college seniors, juniors, sophomores are in the same situation that LJ Peak is where he's looking at this as an opportunity to go ahead and provide for his family. Mike Randall goes, it rips about LJ Peak and uh, Sam Bassini comes on and goes, um, yeah, well, you know, he's a child, so he's going to provide for the child. Oh, well, thank you, Sam. Okay, well, uh, in, insert the wrong game show noise. Wrong game show answer noise. Here it is. Yes, very good. I, so, Gus, I, I hope the listeners liked it. I can't wait to give our opinions. I'm excited to be back with you here. But, boy, that was like Jeremy Wu and Sam Vecini were respectfully destroying me. I, I, that's what I felt it was. The two interviews were respectful destruction. Um, and in some way, I'm still jealous. Like, I'm still very <laughs> jealous, even though you're stating that you got destroyed by two unbelievable writers and unbelievable talents. I sent, uh, them, I sent them really quick. I sent them a yeah. show sheet, right? So I sent them a show sheet about what we're going to talk about. And like right, one right. of my things was like Jonathan Isaac, totally overrated. So, <laughs> so Sam Vecini like names his top five and names Jonathan yeah. Isaac. And in my it's mind, I'm going. Shows up in his top five, right? And I'm going in my mind. I go, you got to be kidding. So I'm deleting. Okay, here, here, hear the noise. Hear the noise. I'm deleting. There it is. Okay, delete, deleting the question. And like, he was so nice. What a nice guy. They're both great people. Really enjoyed having him on. But Gus, listen, we know a thing or two about this sport as well. So let's get to our thoughts. Here we go. Okay, so what we're going to do very quickly is we're just going to go through a couple of the people that uh, Jeremy Wu and 
Sam Vecini talked about with Mike, but we're also uh, going to bring up a couple of other guys as well. Uh, guys that we've talked about on the podcast before, and then a few other oddballs. Um, so, Mike, I think the first place that we're going to go, we have to go ahead and talk about Zach Collins, Justin Patton, and Caleb Swanigan. So three kind of bigs. Uh, maybe Swanigan an inch or two smaller than the other two. But some underclassmen that have come out, gotten good buzz. I think both of this, uh, Sam and Jeremy had Patton and Zach Collins inside their top 10 or 11-ish. And then Caleb Swanigan was down a bit. And, you know, he could have been very very well, could have been player of the year uh, this year in college basketball. Um, What did you take away from the conversation that you had with Sam and Jeremy or just your own view on those three particular bigs that are coming out this particular draft, uh, supposedly, even though Swanigan has not officially signed with an agent yet? All right, so... I've come around on the idea they both said, which is, listen, if you're a lottery pick, you got to go. Now, I do think there's a part about the development emotionally of the player. I know nobody cares, Mike, but I do. I'm sorry. These are human beings. As I said to you, I was fortunate enough to coach Lenny Cook. I was around that. If you don't know who Lenny Cook is, look him up online and you'll get my point. So I'm going to be sensitive to that, Gus, but here we go. Zach Collins, you jump in because this is your, your team. This is your time, man. This is Gus Kearns' time. Zach Collins got to come out, okay, because Zach Collins is 7 feet, 230 pounds. He's 10 points per game. He's 6 rebounds per game. It's not what it's about. Devin Booker was also averaging, I think, around 9 or 10 points per game, and he just dropped 70 the other night. Okay, so people, so I've come around on the fact that if somebody doesn't have 30 points a game as a freshman, maybe they can come out. But they like Zach Collins. Everyone's got him going early. Uh, right now on Draft Express, which is a, a great site, they got, they got him going number 11 to Charlotte. All right, he's sure. got a he's got a seven foot wingspan. He's only nineteen years old. I thought Sam made a really good point about the development. How he doesn't think there's a huge development between developing in the pros and developing in the in college. You know, you can develop in the pros. It's I get- think that's I think that's very. I mean, just to jump in on that really fast, yeah. I think that's very program dependent. It, it, if you're if you're yeah. at a place like, like Gonzaga that has a history of developing players and actually making them better year after year, then yeah, stay there. But if you're just at another like ho hum, like run of the mill or average type program, that's not going to make you better. Then why not just go to the pros and play against better people every day in practice? And the other issue is, as great as Few is, and he's phenomenal. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He's tremendous. The fact is that Gonzaga does not play against the greatest talent. So while they can develop against each other, he's not seeing superior level talent. And certainly, I think you will agree that Zach Collins has a lot of room to grow. He's got a high, high ceiling. So I could see Zach Collins going to the pros, learning against some quality bigs, and becoming quite a force. I just want to point something out, Gus. If he's 11, okay, Mm -hmm. you look at the scale, check out this money. According to, uh, what do we got here? Basketball.realgm.com, all right? Okay. His salary would be, remember, first two years are guaranteed, third and fourth are options, but they're usually picked up, to be fair, okay? The 11th pick is getting $2 million his first year, $2.1 million his second year. The third year option is two point two, and he's eligible for a 32% salary increase in year four. So, so we're, we're talking over $10 million. Yeah, we're, okay, we're talking about some quality money. Listen, again, it comes down to the gut. Do you think they have or not? I think Zach Collins should go. Zach Collins is going to be a potential top 10 pick. Zach Collins should be. Sure, he got in foul trouble. What big doesn't get in foul trouble in college? He's got a high motor. He seems like he learns. He played for few. He was a five-star recruit, like you mentioned. If you're going to be a lottery pick, as long as you're emotionally ready, 
I think you got to go. I think Zach Collins got to go. Okay. Uh, you guys know that I love Zach Collins. You know I love uh, most Gonzaga Zags uh, and Bulldogs. Uh, Zach Collins is a really unique case. Um, like Mike mentioned, he's their first McDonald's All-American that they brought in as a freshman to their program. Uh, he showed out in a big way. And they did not go ahead and force feed him minutes, ball handling responsibilities, and scoring opportunities. He was able to go ahead and develop at his own pace behind Karnowski, behind Williams, along with Tilly. Um, So it's not like he was, okay, you're our McDonald's All-American. Here's the ball. Go do your thing. So they put him in positions to succeed. And he succeeded in those positions. So you know what? We can go ahead and reflect back on another uh, West Coast big that we've talked about on the podcast previously where Ivan Rabb kind of got exposed a little bit when he had those added responsibilities. And now he went from where Zach Collins is sitting now in a 10, 11, 12 uh, uh, draft pick situation where he's now down in the 20s. So I think it's a great move by Zach Collins. I don't think, I don't think there's any mistake on his part. And I think any team that's going to get him, is going to be really happy with him because I think he'll be a rotational player right away. Very similar to a zag that came out last year, uh, Sabonis. I think Sabonis just came in and was ready to play right away, and he played big minutes for the Thunder. I think I think uh, uh, Collins is going to do the exact same thing. The question I'm going to keep asking is, is his player going to have a good chance at sustained success? Because, Gus, listen – Kid makes $4 million, multiply that, multiply that by 0. 0.6, that's $2.5 million. Now, you're going to mm-hmm. say that's a lot of money. Hold on a second. Kid buys a car. Kid buys a house for mom. That's not enough money to live in for the rest of your life. So I'm talking mm-hmm. about sustained success. Yes, if they put it in a 403B and they look at a low-risk mutual fund. They're not doing that, okay? I'm doing I, a, love, I love this third guy in the podcast, I'm doing a slip and slide down the hallway. They're not doing that, okay? <laughs> you're, they're not 50 years old. You know, if you pack some away and you take out the mat. They're not doing that, so stop it. Stop analyzing it from a 50-year-old person. But he signed with an agent, Zach Collins did, Gus, so he's gone. But you know what? Zach Collins over under top 10 pick. I think he's right there, and he's got to go. Yeah, I think he's right in the neighborhood, so I think got to go too. And I think Patton is in the exact same situation. I think he's a little bit more athletic than Collins. Uh, I think he has a little bit more of a post game than Collins. Uh, he might be a little bit like higher on your uh, you know, fancy metrics as far as like wingspan and, and vertical jump and things like that. Uh, but I feel like Collins might have more of a long-range game than Patton does currently. But if you're Patton, like, same situation as Collins. Like, why come back and get exposed for some things that maybe haven't been yet? And maybe uh, maybe the coaching staff at Creighton was really smart to put him in, uh, much like the coaching staff at Gonzaga was really smart to put him in uh, situations where he can succeed. And obviously he showed out in a big way and made a big impact. And I think they have... I think I don't know. I didn't check recently, but I think Draft Express even has Patton ahead of Collins currently. No, so no, if you're actually, either one of those guys, like I think you have to go. Here's the issue. I'm going to disagree with Patton. Patton is 19 on Draft Express now. Interesting. Now Sam okay. and Jeremy, I think have Patton higher. Right. I think Patton is much more raw than Collins. Now to be I agree. now to be fair, we got to see Zach Collins against North Carolina in the finals pretty much dominating when he was on the floor so i will admit gus full disclosure that swings me okay so i can i see zach collins coming in to start the second quarter for charlotte and getting a couple pins off the backboard i think justin Patton's very raw i Mm. think he's more raw than yaka purtle and as i told you when i was in milwaukee (laughs) i got to walk past mr purtle who Uh had the same 
experience at the Buck game as I did. He sat down and so did I. In fact, I think I got up to go to the VIP room more than once. So I may have gotten up more than him. I think Patton is very raw. I think Patton would do better coming back to school to fine tune himself. Now, if he's a lottery pick, I will come back on this microphone and say I'm wrong. But right. Justin Patton could slip to the late first round. If he slips to the late first round, talk to me, real GM. If he slips to 19, he's getting $1.3 million the first year. Well, that's more money than I made back in my first. Nobody cares. It's $1.3 million, which is about $700,000. That is not a ton of money, guys, for somebody mm. who's 18, 19 years old. Then he makes one point three. Gus, if he goes lower than that, we're starting to get to some tricky business. Right. You know, Roy, yeah. Roy Hibbert was raw too, Gus, okay? And Roy Hibbert bounced around a lot. I could see Patton doing well. I could see him busting out. I'm concerned about this one because he's so raw. 12 and 12.9 points, 6 rebounds, 19 years, almost 20 years old right now, and he's got a 7-foot wingspan. Not sure I'm as high on him as that counts. So I think that we're spoiled a little bit if we're comparing these particular two potential draftees because we do have a slightly larger thumbnail sketch on Collins compared to Patton. Because Collins and his team did have this giant run in the tournament, and so many eyeballs were on him during those games, whereas Patton's team did not have that opportunity. Okay, maybe maybe if they did, maybe they would be in the same range. So I think we're we're leaning towards Collins a smidge, just because we've had more exposure. I'm not I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I am saying that like, of course, with all those eyeballs and the added, I guess. I guess the added uh, opportunities to view Zach Collins like on a high-level stage against high-level teams is swaying us, and that's why he's a little bit higher. Yeah, and and listen, Hibbert was drafted 17th overall by Toronto in 2008. He was then traded. Traded right away, He made the 2012 All-Star game for a while, right? Didn't he? Yeah, and Hibbert was solid. So maybe it's not, you know who it is? It's Hashim Thabit. That's who I'm trying to talk about. I apologize. Hashim Thabit, Gus, back in the draft, back in 2009, was the second overall pick. Okay, so he plays at Connecticut for three years. He goes from Memphis to the Dakota Wizards, to the Rockets, to the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, to Portland, to Oklahoma City, to the Grand Rapids Drive, and to Mighty Sports, whatever that means. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like Justin Patton could now listen. Mm. You know what Sam Bassini would say? He's made right. a lot of money. Oh, I understand that, but I don't think when these kids are doing slip and slides as freshmen, not taking class in their spring semester because they know they're declaring their dream of the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. I think Justin Patton is the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. I think that is a possibility. He is a big man who needs a lot of work, who's not going to have time to play, Gus. He's going to have to develop in the practice facility. He's not going to be put in a game and allowed to play critical minutes if he can't you know, if he can't make a post move without traveling. He's a good raw player, but I don't think he's a scorer yet. And I just think that Justin Patton's going to sit on someone's bench. Pirtle was a little more rounded than he was. And I think he's Rio Grande Valley Vipers, especially around pick 19. If Hashim Thabit can do it in pick two, Gus, after three years, why can't he do it after one year at Creighton, by the way? Big East, I know. I just think he's raw. So last guy that we'll talk about in this little like three threesome of players, and this is interesting because he still hasn't signed with an agent, is Biggie. And we're both big Biggie fans, but Biggie, I feel like, is in the same area that you just mentioned that Justin Patton may be. 
But I feel like we both have a different view, and he may not be so. Uh, what, what was it? The Vipers, you said. <laughs> Valley, he may, not, Valley. He may not be so Viper. <laughs> I will say this. I've been a big fan of Swanigan coming back. You nailed Swanigan back, gosh, back in October. I will tell you when I switched on Swanigan. When Sam Vecini goes, quote, why would he come back? Like, what else is he going to do? And you know what, Sam? You're right. Gus, 18 and a half points, 12 and a half rebounds. What was he? 44% from three. I mean, Gus, yes. is he, he going to have 24 points? Is he, he going to have... And, and he shot almost 80% from the line. That's correct. So the point is, like, he comes back. They won the Big Ten, okay? Outrise 14 and four, whatever they were. I think that Sam is... Like, why would he come back? It's not like he's scoring 30 points. My argument is... And maybe we'll get to Bam out of bio at some point. My argument is you're averaging 13 points and eight rebounds. We will just later. Okay, we, thank you. 13 points, eight rebounds. That could go south, right? You know, we talked just a second ago about we talked about Justin Patton, right? 12.9.6 rebounds. I think Justin Patton, Gus, could average 19 points and have 12 rebounds. That's a significant upgrade. Caleb Swanigan can't get better. Can he get better? I'm sorry. Yes, he can, but. I don't know how much more he can get better. If he's a first-round pick, I think he's got to go. He'll get solid money. And Gus, can't you see him in San Antonio? Totally. I can totally see him in a sound program. Again, this is like the beauty of the NBA draft in some way that gets ignored. An awesome, unbelievable, successful college player like Caleb Swanigan, who you just rattled off all his stats. We're not going to do it again gets to go to an unbelievably successful team that's picking later in the first round. Like, success breeds success. So it's a perfect place for him to fall. Like, I agree with Sam 100%. Like, if you're Caleb Swanigan and you're going to go to, like, a playoff team and you have to just go be a rotational player and bang a couple threes, bang with a couple guys down low for about 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes if you're extended, your rookie year? I don't know. That sounds pretty good. That sounds about right. That sounds like a win-win for that potential playoff team and for Caleb Swanigan. I, keep, like, I, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know why that's wrong. And I keep looking at Caleb Swanigan, Gus, and I can't stop thinking Dewan Blair. It just keeps popping in my head. Go to San Antonio, play four years, He's 6'7", Swanigan 6'9". Blair was a great kid. Swanigan's a great kid. They both work hard. Here's here's Dewan Blair's career path. Four years with the Spurs, no problem. He then went to Krasnia Krilia. Your guess is as good as mine. Okay. Comes back. Dallas Mavericks for a year. Washington Wizards for two years. Okay, now Gus, we're talking about a seven-year NBA career. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and then, by the way, by the way, Blair had unbelievable knee problems that he dealt with his entire career both yes. collegially and pro whereas whereas you know Caleb does not have that like he doesn't have that like sticking out yes. and, and as an issue like he could play a 10-year NBA career he could and be really successful that's, yeah that's very fair and then now lately he's been at the Jingsu Monkey King the Texas Legends and the Los Angeles Defenders now my point is this Blair stayed for a while in college I think he was there for two years okay so he's a sophomore he was a second round pick, the thirty seventh overall. I got to tell you, the, the parallel here is a, sca- a parallel here is very scary. But honestly, 
I don't know what else Caleb Swanigan can do. I don't know if Caleb Swanigan is a 20-point-per-game scorer in the NBA at 6 feet 9. But you know what? He's going to be a professional basketball player like Dewan Blair. So the key is, let's get him while the iron's hot. I think he's got to go. He's a sophomore. Blair was a sophomore. Jingsu Monkey King. But you know what? He had six, seven solid years. The time is right. Swanigan's got to go. Can you stop spitting out ridiculous oh, I got more ancillary <laughs> lead names this is outrageous I love all of them ch- ch- percentage chance of this podcast is called Jingsu Monkey King what I think 35 percent percentage very high <laughs> hey we just wanted to say a quick thanks to Sam and uh, Jeremy for coming on if you're gonna follow Sam he's he's great college stuff great NBA stuff hit him up at, at Sam underscore Vicini and if you're gonna follow Jeremy it's uh Jeremy Wu one one word I guess one name with Wu being capitalized. Uh, they're both great hoop follows, college and NBA. So thank you guys for coming on the pod. It was awesome having you guys on. Listeners, I have to let you know, I'm also feeling very forlorn. Our favorite sport, it's done for the season. It's left us. Mike and I are fighting it off. We're fighting off our end of the season blues with a number of different things. I'm kind of locked into the NBA playoffs right now. And even more forlorn because our poor Bucks are out of the playoffs and couldn't pull out that first round win against the Raptors. If you haven't put your eyes, listeners, on the Players' Tribune write-up by uh, Jabari Parker, go ahead and take a look. Even if you're not a big Bucks fan or not a big Duke guy or a big NBA guy, the love that he professes for the city of Milwaukee in that piece just bleeds through the words it's really impactful, and it kind of makes you root for him in that place, which is interesting because sometimes a piece might make you root for like a person or a team or a situation or make you feel empathy towards that. But it was a combination when I was done reading this. It made me root for Jabari to get back and be healthy next season, but it made me root for Jabari to get back and be healthy next season in Milwaukee because of how he wrote about that so that was really cool if you haven't guys haven't put your eyes on that yet uh mike do you have anything that you're dealing with uh blues wise and trying to get you through your 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 end of season funk do you know dewan blair average for the for the jinx to monkey king he averaged 24 (laughs) points and 13.6 rebounds i gotta tell you he must have been first team all chinese basketball association with those numbers right uh, do you think he's retired in the Jingsu Monkey King Hall of Fame? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. What was the question? Sorry. If you are not entertained by this podcast, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what we else you have to throw out at you to be entertained. Mike Randall is on fire right now. And that was only worth a fourth round pick in a trade. <laughs> What's going on in China? Right. Should, can, we, can, should we do I a podcast they, in China? Tweet the podcast at SDS Podcast. Do you, speaking of that, do you remember when we talked about Taylor Copperrath? That uh, who got back to us that he's playing in Spain and was uh, like a superstar in Spain. Was that Gonzalo Bedia? Oh, it was Gonzalo Bedia, of course. Gonzalo, yeah, do you know about the Jingsu Monkey King? <laughs> can we go can we go on locate? Well, let's kick off the season there next time. I, I mean, honestly, 24 points and 13.6 rebounds. DeWan Blair, six, six foot seven, a lot of up and under moves, Gus, I would think, right? Whew. Yeah, I, I think so. I think the head fake is a big part of his arsenal. The, the thing that, okay, getting back to your question, I remember now. Okay, right, so right. The, the thing that. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Sorry. The thing that has me in the blue certainly is our Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. And they did a wonderful job. We were all in. I mean, hashtag fear the deer was all over the place. 
it was just too much to ask. I felt like they woke up. That game four had to be a win, Gus. Had to be a win. The game four was a slop fest with their chance to, to go up 3-1. And then you know what? They lose game five. But then all of a sudden, we're fired up for Milwaukee in game six. They fought valiantly. They lost their second score. Chris Middleton became their second best scorer. Brogdon should be rookie of the year. It was a great season for the Bucks. Our hearts are broken. Gus is a Bucks fan going back to Jack Sigma. I, I, I don't know. Anybody know that one? But we do. Um, so, yeah, same with you, Paul, man. Paul Pressy. Paul Pressy, uh, P squared. See, I'm a math guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, just uh, happy. Listen, uh, we're into the NBA. We watch basketball all the time. Who doesn't want to see Mike Brown go against Golden State, by the way? Does anybody want to see? I mean, uh, Mike Brown go against Cleveland. Mike Brown how, coached the Warriors to go against Cleveland. How great would that be? How, what good theater that would be. You know that Tyron Lou is kind of like lipping, licking his chops at that opportunity. And I think Mike Brown is kind of saying, like, I think I can be Luke Walton here, but I'm not sure. Can't you just hear that little piece of doubt in his head? I, I can. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. You know what? You know what else I'm feeling, too? I'm feeling a little anxious, but we're going to get to my anxious feeling in a little bit. And not to worry, Mike and I will be here with you guys all the way until October to get you back to college basketball season. We're going to be right here with you, our listeners. And speaking of the listeners, you know what we need to do? We need to send out a quick ahoy out there. So listeners, thanks for tuning in. And every once in a while, Mike and I will give you a couple shout outs and, and, and just say thank you for tuning in and highlight a couple people. We want to say, hey, ahoy out there at Wild Poke 307. Go Pokes. And ahoy out there at English underscore Maven. Keep working hard in class, guys. Uh, and another hoy out there at CT Sports Radio. Thanks for the tune in, fellas. Really appreciate the listen. And a uh, final shout out uh, to Team Finn down there in North Carolina. So happy that we reconnected. And they gave me some uh, UNC and Duke insight when I uh, spent time with them on a little vacation, a little getaway down there. So uh, happy to reconnect. And cheers, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. But Mike Randall, back to NCAA Hoops. I'm feeling anxious. I'm anxious. I'm very anxious about these 180-plus players in this year's draft. There's 60 spots. That's a lot of people going undrafted. What are all these guys going to do in such a deep draft? So, Mike, are there a couple of people that you were worried about? Do you want to bring up a few guys that you mentioned with Sam and Jeremy? Um, or do we have a couple of other guys that we feel like we need to address? I think the first guy I want to address right away is I'm very worried about another Gonzaga Bulldog. I'm very worried about William Nigel, Goss, uh, Nigel Williams Goss. You brought up both Frank Mason and Monte Morris, and both Jeremy and Sam said that they may be a late first rounder, second rounder, and that pushes uh, that pushes Goss all the way down to the bottom of the second round, possibly going undrafted. And we're talking about a second team All American being undrafted, and this is a guy who is an academic All-American, so really sharp guy. And, I mean, you saw him on all the like the production uh, pieces for the Final Four, and he came off sounding really smart and, and, and really sharp. He even started his master's while he was at Gonzaga uh, after finishing his major. So the, the, the guy is, has a good head on his shoulders. So what's his – Mike, what do you think his like view – uh, vision is of the NBA draft by declaring for the draft and signing with an agent. The people like Nigel Williams Goss and the people like Frank Mason get me worried. 
all of a sudden the metrics people disregard there's that third wheel again disregard being able to play the game herm tell it to them hello you play to win the game that's right and no one was a bigger winner than nigel williams goss was this year Gus, 16.8 points, 6 rebounds, 4.7 assists. He's 482 pounds, good size, wingspan 6'6". Here's the issue. Draft Express has him at 54. Gus, if you're Nigel Williams, Gus, and you're a junior, and you're predicted to go 54th, why are you declaring what is the benefit? Well, you know, I want to get money. I want to take care of my mom. We all want to take care of our mom. I'm very happy. He didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. I respect that. But Nigel, as the 54th pick, you're going to China, big guy, if you don't make the roster. Now, listen, this could change, Gus, because the draft combine starts on May 9th. So 9th to the 14th in Chicago. Right, right I, around I the hope, corner, guys. I, so I next, assume, next week. No, so I think Goss is going to be there. How is Nigel Williams Goss not there? But I like what Sam said about how he feels that the low number of invites are hurting the seniors. He's not a senior, but some of the upperclassmen get screwed because, listen, Gus, people like Harry Giles have to go. I mean, they average three points a game and they have three knee surgeries, so we got to see him at the combine, right? Forget Nigel Williams Goss, who almost single-handedly took Kentucky to the NCAA championship. That doesn't matter because we don't care about performance. All we care about is broad jump, and that's fine. I don't see if I if you people out there listen to me. If you're Nigel Williams Gus and you just led Gonzaga to the NCAA finals, you have a really good team coming back. You know you're gonna be the star. You could average Gus twenty points per game. He averaged sixteen point eight. Why couldn't he average twenty? Why would you not come back? Because right now, Gus, he's either not getting drafted or he's getting an uncon guaranteed contract in the second round. So you know what that means? Why not come back? Finish your degree. See if you can be a first-round pick. If you're not, you're telling me you're going to do worse? You're going to do worse than 54th. Maybe if he's lucky, Gus, he's 45th. Is that why you're declaring? Goss is the type of guy who should go back. Frank Mason's a senior. It's different, right? Not I agree. Here, here are the issues. I don't really have any issues with any of these guys declaring. I'm a little bit on um, Matt Norlander's side and Gary Parrish's side here. Like, we can't be mad at them for declaring. Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not looking. Like I'm not going to argue like against their case. But what I am, what we can do is we can point out maybe some reasons why they should second guess it. Right? That's what we're looking to do here. We're not, we're not telling student athletes what to do with their lives. We're not instructing people we're not writing a manual on what to do no but gus that drives me nuts I, I of course i'm not criticizing but like yeah all these people all these experts just say well you know if they want to go they can go the fact is most of these draft experts are wrong most of them do not right. predict properly and most of these players fail you can't tell me that 60 players that declare for the draft, 50 of them are going to be in the NBA. That's not true. Look at the stats. No. So yeah. our, it's too easy to just paint it with a broad stroke and say, well, if they want to go, they should go. Really? Isn't that our job as analysts to determine who should go, who should stay? And Gus, my last point, can someone possibly review the draft and not tell me every player is great? Every one of these things, whether it's CBS, <laughs> Draft Express, I watch uh -huh. the NFL draft. Every player's great. Everyone is great. Drafted in the seventh round NFL draft, five foot four wide receiver. You know, he's shifty. Oh, no, he's not shifty. He's not good. Okay, that's the deal. 
Some you know, of these you know players you know, are not good, and I think we're being fake by not saying who's not good. Nigel Williams Goss is a great player, a phenomenal player, but I don't know if he's making the best decision for sustained NBA success. I love that you're bringing it back to that point. So just to just to speak on what we were talking about, like yeah, we can poke holes and we can find faults in their games or their process or maybe maybe their decision making. So here's my here's my take on Gus, and then you know we could probably close up shop after this. So we were on him the whole entire year, uh, uh, myself especially. He play, he he played at an All American level the whole entire year. He carried his team to the final game and almost won them a national championship. Many uh, prognostications had him at a first or second team All-American. The guy had an unbelievable season. Like, nobody's denying that. Is he a little limited athletically? Yep. Is his jump shot a tiny bit suspect? Yep. Does he not have the explosiveness of a fox or maybe uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh huh. Is his ball handling maybe a smidgen down from the top level point guards? No, I think you're okay there. I think he's all set. So if we're taking and is he smart enough and able to take in uh, an NBA game plan? Absolutely, no, no doubt. So if we're going to take a look at those things right there, like we're looking at like four or five like eh? and two like yeah that's pretty good and the last part of this equation and this is very unique to his situation is he's currently at a university that has proven time after time that they can improve a player's performance with their setup their coaching staff and their program and their player development he was part of that he experienced that in his redshirt year and then came back and was an all first or second team All-American. So if you're uh, Nigel Williams-Goss, like why not come back, try to be the best player in America, and then go ahead and prove your draft stock that way? So I am 100% with you on this one and not like saying like everybody should just go out. Because of who he is as a person and because of the program that he is leaving. So I think that this is a really unique situation. So if I were him, I would maybe think twice about that. And the love that he professed for this program, like, why not spend one more year there? Everybody seems to like Gonzaga. Everybody thinks that, everybody thinks that place is pretty cool. Spokane seems like a pretty rocking place or a perfect place if you're like outside the box thinker like himself. Like William Nigel Goss, uh, uh, Nigel Williams Goss. Like, why not? I think the uncertainty of being drafted in the second round or not being drafted at all, and hoping and working for a free agent invite to a camp. I don't know if that's the best decision. So I think we're. I think that's where we're going to end up with with you know with one of our favorite players this entire season is like uh, I don't know. Is this the right move for him? I don't think so. Draft Express has him going 54th to the Phoenix Suns. Here are the guards on the Phoenix Suns right now. Oh, jeez. Leandro Barbosa, who's 34. Okay? Sure, yeah, he's been there. Yeah, but that's the type of guy. But fair. Eric Bledsoe, Devin Booker, next. Uh Uh-huh. Brandon Knight as the point Uh guard from Kentucky making 12 mil. He's going nowhere. Oh, by the way, Alex Len is there. Uh, I'm just throwing that in. 
Uh, Elijah, Elijah Millsap, Ronnie Price from Utah Valley is making 276. He could take his spot. Tyler Eulis, another guy should have stayed in school. That's a whole other issue. They uh, like Tyler there. Yeah, they do. I, so that's what they got. If if people are going to say that Nigel Williams-Goss is going to end up going back to school, he can't possibly do more than he did. Listen, if he's a junior, Gus, I, I'm fine. If, if that's the case, I think it's 50 50. Because if he's a junior, Gus, he can get a degree. The degree matters, people. Something he, ha- he has his degree. He's working on his master's. Oh, he's working on his master's. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. He, so he's, wor- he's working on his master's. He's got his degree. If he wants to go, he can go. I'm fine with that. But the, your point is well taken. Could he possibly sneak into guaranteed money with another wonderful Caleb Swanigan esque impact yes. season? Yes. And few will develop him when he's not fly fishing, he'll develop him. But listen, he's got his degree, wants to go, he goes, I'm just rooting for the guy. I want to see sustained success. I think he's going to be in, in Roaring Rapids in a couple of years, but we'll see. All right, listeners. Thank you so much. We're so glad to be back with you. We're glad that you're tuning in to the Screen the Screener podcast. If you want to hit up the show at Twitter, we're going to go with Keystroke Efficiency. Just hit us up at SDS Podcast on Twitter. You want to email the show, go ahead and email us, sdspodcast at gmail.com. Again, Keystroke Efficiency. Uh, Mike, you want to throw out your Twitter handle so people can uh, check out what you're up to these days? We just got followed by at QEBQQ3JM. It goes on forever. Who comes up with these partially clothed women who follow us? And here's the thing. It's a very normal name. The name is, is very normal. It's just bizarre. So there's some inappropriate one here. And then there's a walk off grand Cardinals. Like, I, is this a robot? Is it, I, who are these people that follow us? I don't want, do not follow these people. I don't want them following us. Only if it's serious basketball breakdown. The other people who followed us, this is what we're talking about, guys. This is who we want on there. We want Airball Company. I'll take King Buzz. He says Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I don't, here's the thing. If you got every vowel in your Twitter handle, we got to block you because you're probably a robot. Uh, what'd you ask me? I don't even know what you asked me. <laughs> Listen, you're on fire today. I was just saying, throw out your Twitter handle so people can follow you. I'm sorry. At Fantasy, at at FTSY Warrior Mike. We're doing NBA Draft. We're doing BT Powerhouse. I got a breakdown coming out soon of who's going to be a better pro, Thomas Bryant or Justin Jackson of Maryland. Where do you sit on that one, Gus, quickly? Who do you think I said? Oh, who do I think you said? Yes. Thomas Bryant, Indiana, Justin Jackson, Maryland. Here's what I'm going to – I think you said Justin Jackson. Uh, that's exactly who I said. That's exactly right, my friend, because I think Thomas Bryant is very similar. He's Fred Gwynn. You know who Fred Gwynn is? He played Herman Munster in the Munsters, and I think that's what Justin Patton is, and that's what they're going to be with the Dragons in China. So I did say Justin Jackson. Follow me. Follow Gus Kearns. NBA draft, we're rolling. I got some fantasy football in there. Deshaun Watson's not going to be good for the Texans. Why did the Bears take Mitchell Trubisky? And we can throw in some BT Powerhouse. Woo! The chocolate milk is hitting me fast tonight. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) If you're not entertained by this one, I don't know what else we can throw your way. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you uh, to the technology department for hooking everything up. Thank you, technology department. Technology. And thank you, Bell Jar. We love having you guys taking us in and out every podcast. And listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We're so glad to be part of your weekend. So thanks for carving out some time for us this weekend, guys. We'll catch up with you guys next week. Sound good, everybody? You know, Hashim Thabit is Tanzanian. Do you think that's where the Dakota Wizards are? I don't know. Let, let's ask Let's ask Jonathan Isaac. He may be there soon. Stop it. Leave Jonathan Isaac out of this. 
We'll see you, folks. I'm the man.